a business. Like it is a business in itself. Like mm. all of the governing bodies that are run, it boils down to it boils down to business management and and finances. Welcome to the Brave Bob Brilliant Podcast. I'm here today with Adele Nicole, and what an amazing athlete, superwoman, all-round fabulous, fabulous person. Adele, welcome. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> but it's so exciting because, of course, you are one of Britain's elite athletes in a number of fields. Yeah. Yeah, so shot put. Yeah. Discus. Yeah. Bobsleigh? Yeah. Oh, you've done your research. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a bit going on and I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So listen, but for those that maybe don't know so much about your background, how did you get into athletics in the first place? What was the the catalyst for you? So I I often get asked this question um, and I love pulling out the video from the old camcorders of the 2003 sports day at primary school. And that's where it all started. And I was I was at a school that didn't have great facilities. We had a small, probably 20 meter field. Uh, the grass wasn't in great condition, but we used what we had. Um, and that's why I'm really big on just remembering when you come from, knowing that you don't have to have the best of the best uh, to make it to the top. And sports day in school is where it all started. Yeah, amazing. So were you naturally sort of sporty then as a kid? Did you have that natural sort of physique? Because I was always the fat kid that never got picked, right? Honestly, (laughs) even even netball, you know, I'd be like the one, please pick me, please pick me. But, you know, just some kids are just naturally kind of athletic, aren't they? And was that that the case for you? Yeah, definitely. I I will put my hands up and I think that if you've got the talent, you've got a foot in the door. And then obviously the hard work is what takes you to the top. But definitely I had that I had that natural ability from a young age, um, just in all the sports events across the board, you know, the hockey, the netball, football, athletics, dance, swimming. I loved it all. Um, but yeah, I definitely had, I had good genetics, I think, for sports um, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. OK. So where did you start then? What was your first sport that you got into? Because you have done quite a few things over the years. Yeah. So... The first club I joined, do you know what? I actually think I started off, you couldn't join athletics as, um, as a club member until you were nine. So I think I actually ended up going to kickboxing first, which my mum did, which was a really nice thing to do, I think, because she did it and it was cool and we did it together. But yeah, kickboxing, swimming and dance, ballet, tap and jazz and as you can imagine, ballet was probably not my strong point being such a powerful athlete. Um, but I then very quickly fell in love with athletics when I was able to join. Uh, my first club was Oswestry Olympians and they were a very uh, humble club. There was not much going on in terms of uh, facilities. We didn't have our own facilities. We had to travel to a different town to get to the track. Um, and we weren't in a very high league at all, but it was the starting place and uh, that was my stomping ground as a kid. And uh, soon then at 13, I think maybe 14, I got scouted into Birchfield Harriers then, which is a Birmingham based club uh, in the Premier Division. And I'm still with them today now. Oh, wow. Okay, gosh, yeah. that's a long relationship. So how long has that been like 20, uh, well, 13 yeah, tw- years or something? Yeah, 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 I'm 26 now, 27 this week. Oh, happy birthday Thanks. for this week. <laughs> so your your training then must be really intense. Mm. What's a typical 
What's a typical week for you? And I'm sure you have lots of differences whether you're actually competing versus kind of in training. But it, yeah. during a training period, yeah. what does that look like for you? So standard week for me, uh, Mondays and Tuesdays, I have a commitment to bobsleigh training, which is in Bath. So when we don't have the ice over the summer, we have to use this facility, which is similar material to an athletics track, but it's got rails on it. So we have um, a specifically designed sled, a piece of equipment that goes on these rails and you push it on a flat ground for about 15 to 20 meters. Then it starts to decline and then it goes up again. So the gravity system kind of brings it back to the top. And um, yeah, my commitment with that over the summer is every Monday, Tuesday, um, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is your physical training, like your gym, your sprinting. Uh, for me as well, throwing, I have to get that in there. Uh, and throwing is hugely technical and it's very hard to find the time to do it all. Uh, then you've got, you know, I've got my physio appointments, my massage appointments, I work as well. So uh, I do run my own business with uh, called Adele Nickel Academy and I've slowly started to branch out into different areas with that. So I do a lot of personal training online. Um, I run children's holiday camps. So that was a big thing for me when we talk about in a bit, but that that's one of the areas I do. But I also work part time for Cardiff Metropolitan University, uh, doing like bits of finance administration and things like that. And it's a lot. So I fit all of that craziness into into one week, along with having to network as much as I can with with individuals with companies to try and get sponsorship on board because I'm sure we'll go into it but it, I'm not involved in a fully funded program so my Olympic dream is funded partly by uh, UK sport but also partly by uh, generous individuals and in companies. Mm. So let's talk about the Olympic dream because yeah. I always like a, a big, hairy, audacious goal, as the Americans say. What's your BHAG? <laughs> um, and so, so, so the Olympic dream, what does that look like for you? The Olympic dream for me looks like something I can reflect on when I'm sat in my chair, when I'm much, much, much older, and I can be proud of what I've done. I think I've learned a lot about myself and about sport over the last few years to not put too many metrics on that. I don't want the metric to be if you don't win or you don't get this medal, or you don't get this finish, that's a, that's not um, you achieving your goals. I don't want my success to be measured on a tangible reward. I want it to be measured on a, can I sit at 80 years old in my chair and be proud of what I did? And I don't want that to be down to medals and positions. Yes, I want to go and I want to go all the way and I want to go to the top and I want to be as successful as I can be and I, I believe I can be, but I want to be happy doing it and I want to be there and I want to earn it. And I've been to an Olympic Games before, um, but I feel like I've got a lot of unfinished business. So everyone always asks, are you going to get the Olympic tattoo? And I'm like, not yet. doesn't feel right just yet. I want to go and I want to earn it and I want to be 100% sure that I'm proud to put that on my body and, and say, yeah, I did it. Yeah, fantastic. And do you, which field will you specialise in, do you think, for, the, for that Olympic medal? Because you have so, got a few sports yeah, that you so, excel at. To be honest with you, I do want to be... So there's only one female that's ever done a Winter Olympic Games and a Summer Olympic Games, and she's actually my good friend. So she did the 2008 Summer Olympic Games in Beijing and the Winter Olympics in 2022 with me. That's where we were. And she's, you know, she's proved it can be done. 
and she's a phenomenal athlete and, and like I said, a good friend. Now she did that in 2008 in the sprinting and then 2022 in the bobsleigh. I want to do the same thing, but the time frame is a little bit shorter because I have decided to find both sports at the same time and, and I don't want to give one up right now. Um, and I haven't been to a summer games yet, so I'm, I'm not going to put that out the window. I would like to do 2026 Winter Olympics and I would then like to do 2028 Summer Olympics. Mm. And then I would actually like to go back to do the Winter Olympics in 2030. Great. So I'm ambitious, but I'm, I'm very, I'm a realist. And I think that a lot of people would say that, the pe people that know me, because I'm, I'm quite strict talking to all my friends. I don't like sitting on any uneasy ground. Like if there's a conversation to be had, I'll have it. Uh, regardless of the outcome but I think I'm a realist so I would never be I would never be putting challenges in front of me that I thought were completely unattainable mm. yeah yeah how exciting my gosh and and you know what your energy your passion your energy, I mean we've literally just met we have literally <laughs> just met like you know I don't know half an hour ago yeah, or whenever something. this cup of tea was made yeah. <laughs> this is when we met. I did make the tea I did make the tea it's a good tea <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, listen, you, you've got this infectious, you've got a great, a great chemistry, a great aura around you that, that make people want to be with you, I Get think. Involved. Yeah, and, and support you and, and, you know, that ambition. But also, like you say, you're, you're very grounded with kind of where you've come from yeah. and, you know, that you, you, you're not, you don't all of a sudden put yourself on a, on a yeah. pedestal. No. Um, and it's, it's interesting because obviously one of the first things you said to me was like, you don't sound well, you've got a bit of a posh accent. <laughs> and I, I, it makes me laugh because... I get that quite a lot, but and, and I will always be very open and honest with where I come from. I would never try and sugarcoat anything. A lot of the times when I go into schools, that's one of my main messages because I, I do love going into schools that are privileged and have amazing facilities. Um, but I also love going into the schools in lower social social economic areas mm. um, because I can relate and I, I want. I think those are the children I can make a difference to. Uh, because I can say to them, guys, this is what I had. Look at what I had, and this is what I'm doing now. Um, I'd say the biggest thing for me is the support from the parents. They weren't, you know, cr crazy well-off or anything like that, but they were supportive. And I think as long as you've got that social support in, in the form of emotional support, guidance, those kind of things, that's that's going to make the difference and that doesn't have to be a parent that could be an older sibling it can be a friend it can be someone that you've met in a workplace anyone that takes on that role to support you is going to be fundamental in your career um but yeah like I, i'm i'm pretty sure uh most people probably would never think that until i was four or five years old we were uh in a small uh building in a council estate and then my dad was so determined to kind of give me a lot of more opportunities in life that I remember him telling me the story where he put down a payment on the house which back then was probably nothing like but he was like I didn't know what I wanted he said but I knew I wanted something different he said I, I went in the paper because those days the houses were mm. uh advertised in the paper and he was like I was circling he said and I found one I could afford he said it had no electric it needed completely replastering had no front and back garden at all um, and I think the gentleman who had actually lived there prior had been blind. So there was a lot of interior work to be doing. Um, and dad just completely renovated it himself. He owns a plastering company. So he's quite handy with that kind of thing. 
Um, and I've been, that is my family home now and that's where I grew up and they're still there. Um, so I love revisiting and that's, I think because of the story and like the passion that went into my dad um, and, and obviously my mum wanting better for me, um, the work that they've put in to change my life uh, and give me more opportunities than what they had, that that building means so much to me. It's not just a family home. It's like a, for me, it's almost just like a, a, a memory of how hard they've worked to give me what I've got now. Yeah, amazing. I mean, like you say, those early years, you know, formative years, um, you know, some kids don't have that that same support, do they? Yeah. You know, we're here today in the Prince's Trust because I've been doing some work with Prince's Trust and they help young people, that yeah. some of which have come from very difficult kind of backgrounds and stuff. So you're right. I think those values that your mum and dad instilled in you yeah. are clearly really strong. Yeah. And they must be incredibly proud. Yeah, I hope you. they are. I think my mum made me laugh because we went on holiday and we don't really get chance for holidays but had one week at the start of September and she said to me it was nice she said your dad's never acknowledged it before but he finally said we don't have to worry about Adele anymore do we and mum was like I loved it she said because I've known that for years she said I've seen you doing everything you're doing and you're so successful in doing this and that but your dad's always worried that you, you need our support still and he finally said we don't have to worry about her anymore yeah. and and that I know that means he's proud because he's given me the best start that he could uh, and I've kind of taken that and run with it and they've always told me you know you'll get handed anything you've got to go and work for it and I think like I said I can be talented but if you don't work hard you're never going to get to the top. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You've got to take the action, haven't you? Yeah. And you were saying earlier about how busy you are and how much you're kind of fitting in. And I think one thing that people don't understand about sort of sports is the finance side of it. Yeah. Because probably people from the outside looking in think it's all, it's yeah, okay, you've got to train hard, but it's all the glamour, it's the medals, it's X, Y, Z, and, and it's funded. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case, is no. it, in a lot of instances. So let's talk about the money side of it. Yeah. Um, because essentially, you mentioned you're running a business. Yeah. You know, and you are your own brand, of course, yeah. but you are running the business. So how difficult is that side of it, as well as the, the physicality of yeah. the training and the sports itself? I think it is important that we talk openly about these things because the amount of anxiety and stress that this has caused me is is so debilitating at times. Uh, and but I, I always feel like I can't spend too much time being down about it because nothing's going to change. No one's going to come and rescue me from the situation. Ultimately, if I want to be at the Olympic Games, I've got to lay the facts out on the table. What do I need to do? right, let's start ticking it off, start start going. And sometimes when I get overwhelmed, I just have to like come back to the drawing board, prioritise and go. Um, but yeah, I'm in a situation where I'm partly funded by UK Sport, which is amazing. I, I'm grateful to have what I have from them because it is a, it's a huge contribution um, towards what I'm doing. And without them, obviously, it would be near impossible to be, to be doing what I'm doing. Uh, so I'm partly funded by them, which covers my monobob uh, goals. And the women in bobsleigh do monobob and two women. So monobob is a single woman event and two women is obviously two people in the bobsleigh. But the two person bobsleigh is completely self-funded. And that then puts the pressure on. And when I talk about self-funding, I think people need an insight into how expensive bobsleigh can be. So the bobsleigh itself can cost between 35 to 50,000 pounds. Each run you do down a track costs 60 to 70 pounds every single time you do a run down the track now the more training runs you can do obviously the better you'll get 
So there you've got that barrier of everyone saying, you can be whatever you want to be. You can, as long as you've got money. Mm. And, and that's, that's the really rubbish part about it because essentially it's not a fair playing field because if someone comes from a lot of money and money isn't a problem to them, which is fantastic, I'm actually all in support for. If you've got it and you want to invest it into the right places, do that. I'm ne- I would never be someone to be bitter about someone that has something that I don't. Um, but I think it's just drawing attention to not everyone is in that position. Um, and then that is a barrier because then it's not a level playing field because essentially if you can afford it, you can do it. Mm. If you can't afford it, see you later. And, th- and that's what it's like. And I am such a determined person and I'm so determined to, I think, take this all the way now and show people what what I'm capable of and also, again, make my mum and dad proud for everything they did for me at the get-go that I've been networking so hard, I've been working so hard, that's where creating my business came from, which actually started way back in planning years, 2020, um, and trying to raise the funds in any which way that I can, um, which is why most days I'm on the go, like 14 hour days, here, there and everywhere. Someone offers me opportunity, I am there. Like one thing I've, I've learned, and I get slandered sometimes for doing too much, and I just, I have to say to people, but no one's going to give me it. Are you, are you going to give me the money if I don't do that? Mm. I, I know no one will. And I think there is a balance of obviously recovery is huge in what I do. And I have to make sure I'm sleeping and I'm getting rest. And I think I have this year become better at recognising when I'm getting run down because that's when you have to say, I need a day off, which doesn't happen very often. and is hard to say, but I, I have started saying that because you get Ill, Ill otherwise. Mm. But not turning down opportunities is huge and yeah having to run my own business work part-time for a company uh train full-time uh and try and maintain any kind of social relationship uh and people don't realize we drive we drive to norway we drive to latvia we drive our own i drive my own van with my own equipment which i've bought or obviously with the monobob and, and other bits been funded by uk sport but largely self-funded uh, for the two-man event and other bits and bobs, people don't realise the dedication that goes into it. And you, that's why when you stand on the block and you have a good result, it's just not, it's not just it's just not about, oh, I've won a medal. It's not the medal. It's, it's the work that you put in. It's the people that have supported you. And I will always, always remember every single person that has helped me along the way to, you know, from my butcher in Welshpool, who has given me free meat since I've been a young girl to help me out. Ricky Lloyd's is is the best butcher in mid wales um and he has helped me out since i've been a very little girl same with a few local companies and my main sponsor now um he's actually a man that has no ties to bobsay whatsoever he has no i don't want to say benefit he gets a benefit out the partnership that we have but the reason why he's doing it is is because he cares and because he sees that i need help and he has the money to do it he wants to be able to put the money into me to be able to achieve my goals because he sees what i'm trying to do he appreciates where i'm from because he's from at the same place um and he's very successful now and he's called mike harris and he owns a uh he owns his own company he's got business deals left right and center he's doing amazing um and he's also the chairman of a football club and the deal is he'll sponsor me and then i slide in the sled that's wrapped in his football team colors and it's things like that that you can do with sponsors you create a partnership and it's all Mm. it's not one fits all it's 
well, what do you want from this partnership and what can I offer you? And I can offer lots of different things to businesses and I, I constantly post that stuff on my LinkedIn um, and each company is going to be looking for something different. Uh, and it's just about networking, thinking what skills I have. I don't like asking for something for nothing. I've never been about that. Um, it's always been about creating that partnership. Uh, like tomorrow uh, in Bath, I've got my sponsors from Welshpool, uh, Dawson Shanahan, they're an engineering company. They're coming down to have a go on the push track. And it's about inviting them into your world as well, letting them know a little bit about what you do. Mm, yeah, fantastic. I love that, partnerships, because you're right. And those relationships, networking, you know, they're so, so important. I mean, you know, we got introduced via, you know, a common friend, Alana, yeah. um, Elena, Elena, Alana, Elena, <laughs> Elena Francis has also been on the podcast and she's great, you know, and she's, I would never have got the chance to sit here and chat with yeah. you if she hadn't said, oh, actually, you know, you yeah. need to hook up. So, you know, I, I firmly believe that who you spend time with, you oh, know, yeah. is absolutely critical to yeah. your own success as well. 100%. And as part of that, sometimes that can mean you need to say farewell to some people. Oh, absolutely. Or, or, or spend less time, depending on. So yeah. have you come across that at all, where people are just either, I don't know, maybe there's a bit of jealousy or they don't quite get what you're trying to achieve and maybe certain things happen that means those people aren't really adding to your life. Have you had situations like that? Yeah, and do you know, that is such an important topic. I've been in situations in past um, close relationships, um, friendships, colleagues, where you realise that they're not, they're, it's not about adding value because obviously you can have relationships and friendships where you don't want anything from them, you don't need anything from them, you just see them and you value them as a friend and, and what, they, what they offer to you in the friendship in terms of uh, trust, you know, just support, you don't need anything particularly from them but some people some people are like you said they can be they can hold you back and you need to recognize that and it is about if you drift away maybe you're drifting away for for a reason and there has been instances where as soon as I've parted ways with people my life has got better not maybe not immediately but because these things don't just happen like that but over time when you surround yourself with people that are on the same path or not even the same path but have the same intensity if i want someone that wants to be friends with someone that wants to make it in the business world or wants to make it in uh finance and i want to make it in sport as long as we're all working towards something and we understand that there's certain there's certain parameters to getting to the top then you're probably going to have some shared values um and it is. I think when you grow up and you go through your school friendships, your university friendships, you slowly find your way. Um, I don't think you can ever quite shake everybody that is a bit of a pain in the bum. But, um, <laughs> you know, we're probably all dealing with those kind of people now. But I think that it's definitely about being mindful of your space. Mm protecting your space because we work hard we work hard to be where we are and we're fragile at the end of the day you know I appear as this strong athlete who's independent got everything going on for herself like but I'm fragile and it's like I need to sometimes remind myself that I'm not a robot I'm a human being and if I recognize some people are causing me stress and anxiety I need to 
part ways with them. Mm. Sometimes we can't part ways with these people because we're in the same establishments or we're in the same workplace, we're in the same sports, we're in the same businesses. Um, but it's about it's about managing it, and I think it's a lot about who you allow your energy to go to. Yeah, no, it's right. I mean, and you've got a very old head on your shoulders. You know, for someone that's so young, you're very worldly wise. Um, yeah. and, and I think, you know, some people really struggle with that. And a great friend of mine, actually, Karen, she says people come into your, into your world for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Yeah. And actually, all of those are fine. Yeah, Sometimes they are. it's just a moment and then it's let's move on. We're yeah. all, we want different things. And that's absolutely cool. But a lot of people do struggle with it, I think. Yeah. You know, if it's all the guilt and, oh, God, I should hang on to this stuff. And you're right. Sometimes you just have to let it go, don't yeah. you? And uh, I used to be rubbish at saying no. Mm. And so it's said, I still am a little bit now. But I've started to become more aware of what will be detrimental to me. I like helping people. So if I can help people and I'm not, you know, putting myself in a vulnerable position, I will always do that. But in the past, I've, I've really struggled with saying no, and then that's actually come back to bite me, or it's really set me back purely because I'm consistently putting other people before me. Um, and that's not in a, even in a selfish way, that's in a, I've got to look after myself way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge and it's just another thing you have to think about in this whole web of everything I've got going on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about winning. Yeah. Right. Because winning, we all want to win. And in particular, with you in your competitive sports that you were in, you want to win, right? Yeah. You do want to win, clearly. So, so how do you then reconcile when you don't win? How do you deal with, because there are times when you don't, because we, you know, we can't oh, we yeah. win everything, can we? But have, have you had moments in your kind of sporting life where you've not won um, and you've had to really kind of regroup after that? How does that play out for you? Just one that just sprung to my mind. Um, <laughs> so I was at the Commonwealth Games in August 2022 and I went into it in fantastic shape. I knew I was capable of a really good performance qualification rounds went really well I was excited for the final but it's my first major athletics uh, games and just to touch on that as well I'm not funded for athletics but current British shot put champion Commonwealth Games athlete aiming for you know future world championships Olympic Games but what happens is until you're there until you're at that level there's no funding mm. um, and that's where you see a lot of dropout so I'm on my way there <laughs> and like you said, there's lots of ups and downs. And, and one of the low points for me was at Commonwealth Games in the final. I felt like I'd massively underperformed. And this shows like how, how much you want it. So upon reflection now, I look back and I think, I came top eight at the Commonwealth Games at 25 years old in my first ever major international athletic event. That's pretty good. But I was devastated. I felt so, I was embarrassed. I felt sick. I felt I'd let myself down. I felt I'd let so many people down. I went into such a hole. I'd never experienced that kind of hole before. My mental health was awful. Um, I went home and this was the same evening as the competition. I think the competition was late at night, let's say eight o'clock at night. Like 2 a.m. that evening, I was sat in McDonald's car park really sad just like eating my emotions my hair was wet I'd got out of the shower I'd put a tracksuit on I had wet hair and I was sat in my car in McDonald's car park 2am and like you know that's the glamorous lifestyle of an athlete mm. you know that's the reality of it that's how much that's that that means to us and it wasn't me it wasn't me sulking it was me 
feeling. It was me in a really deep hole of emotions. Um, and I'd already agreed to go to a government panel event at 9am the next day in Birmingham. And I'd gone back to Mid Wales that evening. I didn't stay in the village. I just wanted some space. And I'm really glad with how I handled that because me sulking and me throwing my toys at the pram would have been like, no, that's it. I'm not going back. I'm not doing what I'm not going to the panel. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I put my own feelings aside and I thought I couldn't possibly feel any worse than what I feel right now. And obviously in hindsight, that's ridiculous. But at the time, that's how I felt. And I thought, no, you've had, I think I had two hours sleep. I thought, get up. You've promised someone that you'll be there. At the time, I promised the CEO of Welsh Athletics that I would turn up and there was a chair on stage on the panel for me, you know, and, and Mark Drakeford was in the room. Other members of Commonwealth country uh, government were, were in the room and it was to talk about a really important topic of women in sport and the barriers we face. I thought I'll be doing my whole ethos and injustice if I don't turn up. So I'd had two hours sleep. I probably looked like I'd had two hours sleep as well. I, I couldn't talk without crying as well because I was just so upset. Every four years, those major games are. So you've you got to think as well. And 2018, I qualified for the games, didn't get selected. And that's part of the battle as well. You know, you can do everything you think is in your power. You don't get selected. You've got to take it on the chin and move on. Um, and that's what happened in 2018. So then fast forward another four years down the line. Bear in mind, I've been trying since 2014 to go to Commonwealth Games. Yeah. 2014 it didn't happen another four years 2018 didn't happen another four years 2022 it finally happened I got my chance I felt like I'd let myself down so that's why it was so hard to deal with but I, like I said I pulled up my socks I went I went to this event um I turned up everyone wanted to speak to me and everyone was saying well done because of course I'd, I'd done well it was it was a good it was a good performance in the grand scheme of things but I I couldn't really talk I couldn't I couldn't hold eye contact. I couldn't have conversation because I was so upset and I didn't want to cry because I also realised that I, I was also very conscious that if I cry, I look spoiled. I look like a brat. And like in my head, because I'm not like that at all, I'm like, don't cry. Like in my head, I'm like, that's pathetic. Like, don't be spoiled. Like you've just come top eight in the Commonwealth Games. Like ugh, be grateful for the opportunity. But, mm. you know, it's hard. It's hard. I'm having these conversations in my head. I know what's right. I know what's wrong. I turned up, I've sat on stage, and I, when I've relaxed and I've really got into starting talking about the topic, I'm so glad I went. And like, I had so much good positive feedback about how I conducted myself, the answers that I gave to the questions that were being asked, the um, just the accounts that I gave on my personal experiences. There was people in the room that, like, there was multiple rounds of applauses after I was speaking and saying some things. And I'm like, I'm not trying to get um anyone's approval or anyone's round of applause i'm just talking from my heart i'm just talking from how i experience things and i'm so glad i went because i think i did give a really good contribution to that panel talk that day and um i had promised someone i'd be there and i stuck to my word and i turned up despite being at the lowest i have ever felt mm, yeah i mean listen there's a lot here i, I mean chapeau to you you know to, to really pull yourself out of that dark place but probably a lot around family values and, and those, you know, that, that those kind of great groundings that your parents gave you around right and wrong. Mm. Um, a commitment, once you give your word, you give your word. And, and that's really what you stand for yeah, as 100%. well. And then I guess the topic, you know, the topic itself so important, you know, because 
women, whether it's women in business, well, all diversity, equity and inclusion, you know, yeah. gender is a, is a major one, but, you know, it could be around disability, it could be the LG, LGBTQ+, you know, cultural diversity is so, so, so important. And so to have role models like yourself... Well, that was one of the questions I got you know? asked, interestingly, you said that. One of the... And, and someone brought it up probably 12 months later, I think. So obviously the answer I gave had stuck with them. Mm. Their question was, um, who were your role models when you were growing up? And I was like, there were lots of women doing really well. But if I'm completely honest, I didn't have a specific role model that was athletically physical in terms of the way that they present. I didn't have a role model that was in the throwing events that was necessarily enticing me into doing those throwing events. Yes, there was people in the events and people in other events across the sport that I wanted to emulate their success. But I was like, I couldn't I couldn't give you one specific female role model. I, I really enjoyed reading Kelly Holmes' um, biography because that was... Uh, that was that was really interesting to read, and I actually really loved watching her grow up mm. um, and and win all and win all the medals that she went on to win. But in terms of personal role models, as in, do I look? Did I ever look at someone and be like, I want to be like that? I want to be that person. I want to look like that. There wasn't really anyone, uh, especially in the women's throws events and the strong female uh, character. And I think I was probably drawn to Kelly Holmes because she was a strong female character, but obviously just not in the events that, that I do now. Mm. Um, so I said, that's half of the problem. And I don't think there is enough female role models um, out there specifically for uh, sporting females. And maybe there is, but they're not being, they're not being lifted up. They're not being shown. They're not being, visibility mm. is key. Like if we say you can be what you want to be, you can only really be what you can see because if you can't see it happening, how can you know that? How do you know it's an opportunity, especially the children uh, that are in schools or areas that maybe are um, not exposed to, to the, these kind of successful people all the time? If they can't see that, how do they know that's an option? Mm. So visibility is key. And I said, I, I'm doing what I'm doing. Yes, because I want to get to the top of what I want to do, but I want to be a role model. I want to be someone that... The, the girls and the boys can look up to and be like, wow, she came from a very normal, average uh, household in terms of our financial status, and she's doing everything she wants to do. Mm. There's, a, there's a phrase, isn't there, which I really like, it's be the change you want to see. Yeah. You know, and leading from the front. And like you say, you know, role models, so important. I mean, you know, in my career in business I was nearly always the only woman in the boardroom with with a full P&L accountability you know um, and, and that was a challenge for me you know very different different set of circumstances now it yeah it's improving but we've yeah. still got a long way to go right yeah. um, you know and there's only eight female CEOs running the top 100 businesses in the UK I'm eight percent that's ridiculous yeah, you know so cool. it gets me really gets me really riled no, this sort of it's stuff the same you know principle yeah sport and business exactly sport is a business like it is a business in itself like mm. all of the governing bodies that are run it boils down to it boils down to business management and and finances yeah and as much as sport has the values of respect integrity equality if it's funded by or if it's fueled by finances and business management as much as the values are there 
it gets very caught up in political stuff rather than it being about the values of the sport. Yeah, absolutely. So with the topic of women in sport then, and, you know, thankfully things are like really changing, aren't they? You know, you think about women's football, women's yeah. rugby, you know, there's a lot of team sports. Yes. I think that in particular uh, have been in very male-dominated mm. genres, which are now kind of really getting the recognition and, and mm. kudos. Still a long way to go, in yeah. particular when it comes to pay and yeah. those sort of things. But in the world of athletics yeah. and bobsaying and whether it's you know, shot put discus. Mm -hmm. What would you like to see change? What do you think needs to change in the sports that you're leading in order I... for women to have those opportunities in the future? Look, I think that first of all, that's just reminded me about actually how fantastic it is that someone like Mike Harris, who is this me who is the chairman of a football, a male football team, who are dominating the Welsh football league, he's my sponsor. For him to to sponsor a female, I think is is amazing. So I've not really ever thought about it like that before, but realistically, that's showing you know a bit of a unity between the male and the female sports. So that yep. that's actually really that's something I've just thought of now. Perfect. Um, so I'll have to text. <laughs> I'll have to text him after male um, advocacy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think that's the most important thing. I think we really need to uh, make it clear that it's never about males versus females. I think that it's always about females standing on their own on the same level as males, not to fight against males or to compete against males. It's about having the equal opportunity, the equal visibility. And yes, I know that comes down to so many things like your spectators, your fans, your funding. But if there are companies that are able to get on board with, for instance, I could only speak for myself, but as an athlete that is currently looking for sponsorship, I am someone that can provide the company that extra little bit of insight to what it takes to achieve. And it doesn't have to be sport, like we've, we've spoken about. I can apply my psychological resilience and my mindset and my skills to help businesses yield maximum results in their industry. Because like business and sport are very similar in the way that you win. The way winning doesn't know what industry it's in. Winning just knows that it's at the top. Mm. And I think that to see change, there needs to be a merge between investment into sport to see it not just as sport. Because I think that's sometimes the hesitancy with a lot of, uh, I guess, businesses. They think, well, sport doesn't align with what we do. Sport aligns with everything that businesses do. And I think if they could be a little bit more open-minded about that, they'd see the benefit that a partnership could create and, and the backing, especially of a female now in, in the way that the, the world is moving and, and we are having uh, more support within female sports. But like you said, team sports massively. Athletics is an individual sport. And I think that people want to... This is probably a little bit controversial with 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 how I say it, but people want to be seen to be supporting. So how do we be seen in the biggest way possible? Let's support a team and get our name around the entire stadium. Great. Yes, and that is great because you get to then put your name across the entire stadium of a sports team. The individual doesn't own a stadium. The individual doesn't have the rights for you to advertise in an entire stadium. So it's about if you genuinely support women in sport, try and 
breach into the individual sports because those are the people that really need some backing at the minute because mm. team sports are moving in a great direction and I'm very, very happy for them. Uh, but the individual athletes are still being left behind. And don't think of it as a waste of time. Think of it as, okay, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to put money into an individual athlete and I'm not going to think about it as just the simple... like Advertising in a stadium is like is basic. It's like... That's the most basic form of um, partnership you could you could you could build. Why don't you think about in, in investing in an individual athlete who actually has skills to offer your business? Get them in to a team day. Get them into a corporate uh, meeting where you need to inspire staff. You need to motivate staff. You want to you want better results from the staff working for you. Get an athlete in there because I I can guarantee you they'll give them something motivational to go away with, um, even if it's just the fact that through the rain, through the snow, through the dark, through the lowest of lows, they still keep grinding with a risk of not getting any results at all. At least when you turn up to work, you know you're getting paid. Right? You, know you, you know you're getting paid at the end of every single month. We turn up to work not knowing if we're going to ever be able to get the results we want. Mm. And I always talk about that as relating it to an investment in funds or um, in stocks. You would, If you invested in something with a... Uh, a low risk you're going to get a low return you might not ever see like much in, in for that but if you invest in something that's quite a high risk factor the chances are that return could be huge and it would all pay off but you never really know and when we're talking about an Olympic Games that risk is huge the amount of time effort energy like my whole life like relationship I go away for five six months a year like that's a whole whole strain on relationships in itself you put so much into it as an athlete that how, how can people not relate to that as a business? Because we are the biggest risk takers and go-getters that there are. Because we, we don't know that we're going to get paid at the end of the day in that sense. We don't know if that medal's going to come in. We don't know if that personal best performance is going to come in. We do it because we're so passionate. And I think that businesses could really thrive from having involvement with individual athletes who risk it all with no guarantee of a return. Mm, yeah, and I, I love it. I mean, you, you so articulated that beautifully because I agree. And arguably, you know, if you're going to back an individual that's got passion, energy, all, you know, all of the, the qualities that you display, you're probably going to get more anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because they, they need it more, they yeah. want it more, they're hungry Grateful. for it, you know, all of that. So the flexibility, you know, as a partnership, mm -hmm. which is a really great word to, and a way to look at it, mm -hmm. you're most likely going to have a long-standing relationship yes. that's very, very deep. Yeah. And, and meaningful. I, and I, meaningful. And I agree, you know, there's, there's so much we can learn from high performance in sports and high performance in business. And actually, as you were talking then, I was thinking, the, the, the big parallel is that is almost with an entrepreneur because an entrepreneur is someone that takes risks, significant financial risk, mm -hmm. possibly with no reward at yeah. the end. And very similar um, yeah. qualities, actually. Yeah. A lot um, of the best individual athletes share so many qualities with entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think it's just being heard, getting, getting your voice heard, being visible because... I believe I have so many qualities that I could work together uh, with a business to to utilize. Yeah. Because um, I'm just in a position where it's like, okay, my family don't aren't in the position to um, financially support me 
to the extent I need it right now. Mm. Um, so I have to go out and I have to network and I have to try and get that support and I have to talk to people and I have to show them the capabilities that I have to get them to trust in me, to get them to believe me, to get them to support me. Like I would never send a, um, I would never send an empty email. I'd never send an email saying, I need money, please give it to me kind of thing. Mm-mm-mm. It would always be a, hi, I'm reaching out to you because I've read this, this and this about your business. I would do my research because at the end of the day, why am I contacting a business that um, one might not have any aligned interest, might not have any um, thing that I'm personally interested in. Like it also, ha- it has to work both ways. Like I have to, I have to have values that, that fit with the company as well. Yeah. So I would always do my research, always say, look, I think that we could work together well because of this, this and this. And I will go, I would go above and beyond to make that partnership work because I am grateful and I know how hard it is to, to secure that kind of support. So if I do get that support, I am on board and keen to look at any kind of way that we can make this beneficial for the both of us. Yeah, brilliant. It's got to be a win-win, hasn't it? It's got yeah. to be. So um, they're fantastic. Now, you talked a little bit earlier around pressure on relationships. Because yeah. when you're so focused mm-hmm. and so single-mindedly you know, determined to get that Olympic medal, whatever it may be, and enjoy the journey yeah. and be a good person <laughs> along the way and all of that without the pressure, yeah. uh, but you've got a very clear roadmap in your mind yeah. is where you're heading, right? which is great. How does that play out then with relationships, whether it's romantic relationships, whether it's family, friends? Because it must be very difficult to, to be able to give that emotional space for something else. Yeah, it, it is. And I think a lot of the time I won't tell my family or my um, partners or my... I say partners like I have multiple partners. <laughs> well, you know... Just the one. Good looking girl. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever tell my uh friends what i'm going through in my day to day um mm. i wouldn't tell i wouldn't tell them the stresses that i'm going through because i like to try and keep it separate and i like to try and i like to try and make sure that the time i have for them is protected but then sometimes i'll be in such a foul mood that they'll be like what is going on and then i have to talk to them about all the stress that i'm under and things like that but i do try to keep that away from them because otherwise it can become so consuming and then i don't get much time with them as it is so i like to keep the time with them protected mm. um and try and like enjoy life and i always bring it back to that yes sport is undoubtedly one of the most important things in my life and it's a priority and it's actually part of my identity now and I think I know there's this whole thing about making sport not your identity because if you don't have sport anymore what do you have but it is part of my identity it's part of my profile I'm happy to say it's part of my identity because it's not my only Mm. section of my identity I think that's when it can become a problem if it's your only thing but I've got lots of different avenues in life and I'm happy to say sport is one of them Um, but I think that what it boils down to is remembering what would be there if nothing if if nothing was going on in life and it's just like okay well then it's your family and it's your friends and it's your partner yeah so uh i'm in a lucky position that my partner is actually also an international athlete uh in track and field so six months of the year we get to be together (laughs) and we go everywhere together Uh, and then the other five to six months of the year is difficult but hopefully as the better he gets in his sport the more flexibility he'll have with not having to be working 
a certain amount of hours every single day mm. in one location, then he could potentially come out. He can watch the races. He can come and train out there. Um, but he is very understanding. And I think that what I've realised over the over the years is that being in a relationship with someone that understands the goal, has similar values, again, same as a partnership in yeah. business. Yeah. As long as you're working with someone or in a relationship with someone that understands where you're trying to go and wants to go with you, whether that's to achieve the same goal or a slightly different goal, then it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're spot on. Absolutely. You know, and having that. And and sometimes we don't give credit enough to to our relationships or people in our life that are kind of there supporting us and and going, yeah, come on, you can achieve this. Oh, definitely. And, And, you know, actually something this year... I've all I've always put my mum and dad at like the top of of, of everything and anything. But um, I think this year more so um, than others, I've really emphasised like spending time with them and remembering that I can quite easily get caught up in everything I'm doing now and and mm. life moves a hundred miles an hour whilst they're at home and life for them isn't moving a hundred miles an hour. Um, and actually the time for me can go so fast that I'll almost forget that that, that, that months have passed and I haven't seen them. I haven't been to do anything with them. So I do like to, uh, treat, treat my mum and dad now, whether that's with a gift or whether that's my time, like they never want anything. They never want gifts or anything. Buying my dad a present is the most difficult (laughs) thing in the world, but, um, like I went on holiday with my mum and I could have gone with a friend, but I wanted to go with my mum and like she's become like my best friend and it's a really nice dynamic we have. It's 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 parent child, but it's also best friends at the same time. And I'm in a position now where I support her just as much as she supports me. And it's a it's a really, really nice relationship that we have. Um, and I think that for me, the relationship I have with my parents is so important i'm so family orientated because i don't rely on them for anything now like i'm i'm 26 years old like i'm very self-sufficient and have been for a long time but i choose to spend time with them and i choose to remember who set life up for me Mm. and when i'm doing all these amazing things i'm like hang on a minute i should include them in that i should even if it's just talking to them about it sending them pictures of it they want to see it they they set this life up for me and now i'm living living this life that yes i still have plenty of challenges going on but they set this amazing new life up for me which is a life that they couldn't have um i need to make sure they're a part of it the entire way all along the way they need to be a part of that mm. yeah yeah no that's and it's i think you appreciate your parents more as you get older oh yeah definitely huge. you know and you're still very young so you've got a long road ahead but it's great that you kind of feel that quality time yeah. together is so important so when you look back what are you so what are you most proud of at the minute uh, to, to be honest, the first thing I say, what, the first thing that comes to mind when you say what you're most proud of is the way that I handle everything because mm. it's a lot. And I know, and this isn't me blowing my own trumpet, but I know a lot of people would crack under the pressure that I'm under with a lot of things. And like you said, only like your CEOs or your really determined individuals can handle this kind of amount of pressure that I am under. And I think that it's just people say, oh, you know, she's loving life, just sledging for a living. It's not that. It's just not that. It's uh, so much more than that. And I think the thing I'm most proud of is the way that I'm able to handle the pressure uh, and like the way I conduct myself with others. 
that's the biggest thing for me remembering where I came from helping everyone never ever ever getting too big for my boots and and just staying grounded the entire time Mm, okay brilliant yeah I love that and when you're when you're literally about to go on well I can't say it's not on stage is it onto (laughs) onto the track or whatever to to actually compete yeah what what's your getting state routine and and how how are the nerves at that point kicking in or not kicking in and are they a superpower or is that something that can really hold you back if you don't kind of handle the nerves in the right way i think the nerves can be a superpower if channeled correctly i think that i always talk about this concept of the mind being a bit like a um a garden and if you plant seeds, it will grow. So be very cautious of the seeds you plant in your own subconscious mind. Essentially, our minds will nourish what we what we feed it. And if we feed it negative thoughts and self-doubt, that's what's going to grow. That's what's going to appear on the outside. You know, that's what's going to uh, manifest into real life. So um, obviously, like you're standing on the block about to go like nigh on 90 mile an hour downhill on ice. It's going to be scary every single time, um, no matter how many times I do it. Standing in the middle of a stadium, 36,000 people, and I need to throw the best I've ever thrown. It's always going to be nerve-wracking, but channeling it and utilising those nerves in a positive way, using the adrenaline to give you that extra fire is definitely a superpower. And if you can master being able to remind yourself that you've put in all the hard work, You've done everything it takes. You're clearly good enough because you're already on the start line. You wouldn't be on the start line if you didn't have the capabilities. You have to back yourself. You have to know that you have every opportunity to beat everybody else in the field. Then what's, what's the reason? Why are we nervous? There's nothing to be nervous for. Go and do your best. You're ready. You've put the work in. And it's all about that self-talk. And like I definitely do utilize self-talk and confidence is key confidence is um confidence is something we can harvest ourselves and i think that once you once you realize that having the confidence allows you to take the risks which pay off you can start to work on that i think people that lack confidence often choose to do nothing because nothing has a very guaranteed outcome and it's usually have nothing back so i think confidence is the key to taking the risks and standing in in the face of fear and being like bring it on yeah and 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 that that attitude that approach has allowed you to be hugely successful already so so reel off some of your achievements in sports um okay well <laughs> let's I get the will. titles out there i'll start i'll start from maybe like earlier on in my career to, to now um multiple welsh champion in discus and shot put welsh records in the shot put i think i have some junior records in other events as well but we'll go with the shot put uh british champion in the shot put 2022 and 2023 that's seniors i am British universities champion nine times, I think. Uh, and I am also a Commonwealth Games finalist. I 
have won a silver medal on the World Cup in bobsleigh, which was the first medal for British females in 13 years. Um, and that was one of the proudest, I think, rewards that I've achieved because I was doubted a lot by a lot of people. I came into bobsleigh at 97 kilos and there's a weight limit in bobsleigh, which is a whole other conversation. And I had to get down to 77 kilos to be able to stand on that start line. So I dropped 20 kilos, which is about three stone. And I got stronger, I got faster, I got fitter, but to get stronger whilst in a calorie deficit was really hard. Um, but I did it, I put my mind to it. And I proved that, because people were you know, doubting whether you could come from a, a throwing shot put background into being uh, an explosive sprinter essentially, because I was at the back of the sled at that point. I started my bobsleigh career as a break woman. Um, but I always use like the doubt as quite a bit of fire, to be honest with you. I, I do very well with that. Like doubt, other people doubting me doesn't kill me. Other people doubting me actually does the complete opposite. So as much as I don't welcome it, if it does come my way, fine. I'll, I'll just put it in as fuel in the fire. But um, then I think it was a two year graft and I'd, I'd been in a very unsure place prior to starting bobsleigh. I've been doing athletics for a really long time. I had a really big dip in my confidence, my mental health, like my motivation, everything had dipped in 2019, 2020. And then I, I picked up bobsleigh in 2020, worked my butt off. And within two years, then won Britain's first medal for a female team in 13 years. And that was huge for me because the sport had been there. People had tried and I had helped the country bring back home a medal for the first time in that long. And it, that was really special. Yeah, that, I mean, phenomenal to roll off all of that. I mean, honestly, amazing, absolutely amazing. I wanted you to do it because I, I could do it. I could read it <laughs> off, off your long list, but much better that you kind of articulate it with confidence as well and go, yeah, I'm proud, you know, yeah. I've done this, you know, because sometimes we can be quite bashful, can't we, about yeah. our achievements. Yeah. And it's important to say, no, I've done good. This, yeah. is, this is what, you yeah. know. And I think there's that, that, that line, isn't there, between... Um, confidence and arrogance yeah, yeah. it's like hopefully you can tell now speaking to me for a while like I'm not an arrogant person but I work hard and it means so much to me so you've got to have a little bit of confidence and, and you you have to be able to be proud of what you've done definitely and you've reinvented yourself as well yeah, I mean to drop huge. 20 kilos for oh, a new, brand going, new sport yeah. I, w I was I was going out all the time I was around the wrong social circle I was in bad relationships it was it was not a good 2017 to 2019 was not a really good time for me. Um, I won my last, which was really nice. So I won my last international medal. I forgot about this one. I won bronze at the European under 23s athletics championship. Uh, no, uh, athletics cup. Can't remember the title of it. Uh, in um, 2017, and between 2017 and 2019, nothing really, absolutely nothing. And that was corresponding to like people in my life and it was yeah. interesting that you asked me that because that two years like you didn't know you didn't know that no 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 and, and, and you asked me that question and it was like yeah actually the two years where I was surrounding myself with people that weren't really helping in any way in making my life a better place was the two years that were the worst years of my life in my career yeah yeah and interesting because you know one to recognize what's going on but you you could easily have walked away from sport at oh, that point oh I was point. so close you I could was have... so close yeah yeah there was a couple of people that really saved me there my parents never pushed me either which I thought was really good because a lot of parents after investing as much as they had time mm. energy um love finances 
they could have easily tried to push me to stay and they never did. Mum was like, if you don't want to do it anymore, Dad, then don't. But I think you'd, I think you'd regret it kind of thing. She, mm. She'd give me advice, but she'd never push me. Um, but there was, them, they helped me. They encouraged me. They, they were obviously fundamental in, in every aspect. But also uh, Ryan Spencer-Jones, he's my current athletics coach. And he picked me up really when I was in pieces. He didn't need to take me on as an athlete. He's currently the head of throws in Wales. Uh, he didn't need to take me on as an athlete at that point because realistically, I look back now and I'm like, what was I offering him at that point? Yeah, I had potential and that's what he saw. And I think the potential he saw is what, what made him take me on. And I can't thank him enough for, for picking me up at that point. And um, I hope that I've repaid him in the efforts that I've given in. And we have a really good uh, working relationship now. And um, I'm st- I can't see myself ever moving from him as a coach. To be honest. I've had a few coaches in my career, which happens. You know, you have to find the right fit for you, the right group, the right dynamic. Um, and I can't see myself moving away from, from Ryan now. Like, he's kind of got me through a bad time and now we're growing together. Yeah, amazing. You must look back at that period, 2017 to 2019. Do you feel like you're looking on someone else's life? I look back now and I just think, wow. I, I, if I could talk to that girl, I'd, I'd just... I'd tell her to... Because I, I was always aware. That was the weirdest part about it. I was never under this illusion that I was doing the right thing. Mm. I always knew I was making wrong decisions. I always knew I, was, I wasn't making the best choices. Um, and, and slowly but surely, my career was slipping out my fingers. Um, but I didn't take hold of it. I didn't do anything about it. And I wish I could now go back and say, do it. Don't be scared. Like, these people, they're not going to be your lifetime people. They're your seasoned people. Yeah. Yeah. Don't 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 be scared. Just do it. You'll be fine. You'll be upset for a little bit. But I wish I could just go back and be like, do it. And if I'd have done it sooner and, you know, where would I be if I'd had an extra year or so, like being the person I am now. But I don't really regret anything. Every decision I've ever made has put me in this room today and like I'm happy with where I am. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. It's all it's all um part of life's rich rich tapestry yeah. as they say. <laughs> so when you look back over your amazing career so far and the best is yet to come, clearly Hopefully. for you. Um can you think of a really good piece of advice that you've received that sort of stayed with you throughout your journey? Or that made oh, a big impact to. at a certain point of time that was maybe it was that catalyst to, to kind of, you know, change and I think that I've I've had some advice from multiple people and I think one of the biggest things is the thing I said when I first started, make sure that you can sit in the chair when you're retired and reflect and be happy with the decisions you made and don't regret um your career and I think if I hadn't changed in 2019 I wouldn't have had uh, closure and I wouldn't have had peace sitting in my chair when I was retired I'd have I would have been really upset and I would have forever regretted making the decisions I made and regretting not trying harder now I even if I finish today which touch wood does not happen like I've got so much left uh, to do and so much unfinished business I'd like to achieve but I know even today, if I were to be re- retired, I could sit back and be proud of everything I've done, um, in especially the last three years. Um, so that, make sure you can sit in your chair when you're retired and be happy with your career, knowing that no stone was left unturned. Absolutely that. Take every opportunity. You never know where one door is going to lead to. Um, and the second thing is not to let anyone else steal your future. And I think that was huge because... Um, whether that's relationships, friendships, um, 
I know some people don't have the relationship I have with my parents, so a workplace. Don't let people steal your future. If you believe in something and you genuinely think that there's more for you out there, stand up for yourself and go and get it. And it might seem scary and it might seem that taking that leap of faith might, you might be going into like this abyss that you have no idea what's to come, but that, that's good. Having a, having a safe future is not the same as having a successful future. Absolutely. Wow. Words of wisdom. It's amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. And, you know, if you could describe this year in a word, yes. and you can only have one word, so choose it wisely, what word would, would describe this year for you and why? 2023. Mm -hmm. Challenging. Challenging. I say that because I came off the back of having the most phenomenal, life-changing year in 2022. And I think that that then makes it very challenging to manage your metrics going into the following year because you've got to realize that that's not your average year that's a phenomenal year that's way up here but your baseline of your day-to-day -day life might seem like it's complete catastrophe compared to your best but it's not it's just a, it's been a normal year with challenges lots of challenges but because it wasn't quite on level with the success and the the, all the amazing opportunities I had in 2022, it could seem like it was a failure, but it wasn't a failure. And I know that, but it's been challenging to to figure that out. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, the comparison, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the last question for you, Adele, is this podcast called Brave, Bold, Brilliant, and yes. you've demonstrated that in so <laughs> many ways from our conversation. But when you hear that, what does it mean to you? I think be brave means without without being brave you'll never know how far you can go and be bold in the sense of like i said if you believe in something stand for it go for it don't step into the shadows and don't let anyone steal your future from you be bold and, and just do it be brilliant be brilliant in every aspect being brilliant doesn't mean you have to win everything being brilliant means when you lose you show sportsmanship you show um, respect being brilliant means when you are when you have a priority like a family member being brilliant can mean you you devote time to that family member being brilliant doesn't mean winning being brilliant just means being a good person amazing oh Adele thank you so much oh, it's been you. fantastic I've loved our conversation yeah it's been really good thank you <laughs> I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.